0: What's up, podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafal Muchyszewski, and this is episode 275 with Dr. Kelly. This interview was amazing because Kelly reached out to me over Instagram ever since I started posting a little bit about, you know, pelvic floor and diastasis recti. And when I started going back and forth with her, a lot of the stuff that you know she was saying and I was saying just lined up, and I'm like we need to get you on my show and if you see her on instagram like she has over a hundred thousand followers and i was like blown away that she wanted to talk with me which this is the cool thing about the internet so this whole entire episode is about what i just said pelvic floor and diastasis recti women's health body image you name it we cover everything and i'm just excited to share this with you guys so without further ado here's dr kelly Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafal Muchyszewski, and joining me for the first time is Dr. Kelly. Say hello.
1: Hi, you guys. How are you? Awesome. I'm excited to be on.
0: <laughs> um, so I always like to start the show with some super easy questions to get the juices flowing. So the first one is, what do you got planned for the weekend?
1: Oh, for the weekend? Well, Halloween is coming up. Nice. So we got some Halloween options. And other than that, I'm hanging out with my kids and my family. It's definitely going to be a busy one. <laughs> Lots of Halloween activities.
0: Awesome. Or what are you dressing <laughs> yeah. up as this year?
1: Oh, well, so my daughter and I are going to be twins, and we're going to be um, killer clowns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. There you go. <laughs>
1: She's, she's 10 and it was her idea wow so, <laughs> she asked me so I'm gonna do it I know some of you guys are scared of clowns
0: but well like it's, it's, it's weird like ever since that movie it came out like everyone's like so gung ho on clowns lately I don't know what it is
1: <laughs> I know I didn't see that movie I can't watch those movies but yeah Clowns are
0: it. I'm the same way. Like, I like scary movies, but at the same time, I hate them because, like, after you're done watching, you're like, everything around you is now scary and you can't get to sleep.
1: (laughs) Yes. I can't watch them. Too disturbing. That's what I heard. A lot of people said the Joker is very disturbing. Yeah. Good but weird. Yeah. So, yes. (laughs) But I love, I want to tell you, I love the name of your podcast.
0: Thank you. It's so good. Thank you. I I literally like I was at a conf- like a business conference 4 uh-huh. years ago and I was like, okay, I need to start a podcast. I need to come with a come up with a name. And I was like Downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, and I was like literally like swearing to myself with like fitness related words until I came up with pet uh-huh. the shit get fit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm
1: glad that it's okay if I swear on your show. I may not yeah. though. But I do sometimes swear
0: i I, I (laughs) swear a lot i swear a lot and that's why i was like i need to have a swear word in my show but uh you do yeah
1: it fits you it fits you then thank you thank you yeah (laughs) Yeah. um
0: yeah second easy question what is the current tv series you're watching
1: i'm not watching anything because like game of thrones game of thrones is over and i'm still disappointed and i haven't watched anything but someone had told me parks and Rec.
0: Yep, really that's also good. An, a good one. Yeah, you're not the only one. Like, ever since Game of Thrones ended, everyone's like, no, I haven't really been watching anything. Nothing's as good. And I'm like, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs>
1: yes. What do you think about the ending
0: though? Did you like it? Uh, I wasn't too happy about it. Like, I don't know. It is what it is. Like, you you don't know what went behind the scenes. Like, who knows, right? But uh, there's, know. always, there's always going to be other shows to watch. <laughs>
1: There better be. I'm waiting for
0: another good one. So. Yeah, because, like, I'm re-watching Friends right now, and I'm like, this is the best show ever.
1: <laughs> Friends never gets old. Yeah. Or The Office. Yeah. The Office
0: hilarious. I, I, go, I go through The Office at least once every year, and, like, the chiropractor I work with, she's also a big fan of The Office, and majority uh-huh. of our conversations are just Office references. <laughs>
1: back and forth yeah it gets you know And that the office is one that gets better the more times you watch it and then yeah. you talk about it it's so fun yeah it's good
0: um so last easy question what is the current book you're reading or listening to
1: um the current book i'm reading or actually i listen to a lot of books okay. it's called um get to a million followers i forgot the author have it right here though right next to me oh nice Um, i read like a lot of self-help books too um big fan of like abraham hicks and things like like i just i like everything yes here it is look one million followers nice um by brendan kane and it's actually it's like a social media book um and for building your brand so that's where i'm at right now I'm not, not reading anything for fun at the moment. No, like nonfiction. Oh, fair <laughs> so enough.
0: Work really did. Yeah, I don't like for me like reading like story stories is kind of hard to get into. But the one thing that my wife and I started doing was listening to Harry Potter on audio, and like yeah. the um, person who does the audio version like he also gets into characters like with different accents and everything, and I'm like. This guy's gold. This is amazing. Like, why didn't I do this earlier? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's always good. It kind of just—it's good to. I love Harry Potter. That's yeah. a great idea. I'll put on my headphones because I'm really busy, so I don't sit down to read. I'll put on my headphones when I do house tours and sure. like laundry and yeah. just listen to stuff. And it's good
0: way to do it. Awesome. Um, Before this whole interview goes into like us just chatting about random stuff, let's get like an intro of who you are, what you do, and how did you get into the fitness industry from the medical industry?
1: Perfect. Yeah. So um, how did I get into it? Well, it's kind of funny. I kind of stumbled into fitness. Um, I had my four kids in five years and... (laughs) gained a lot of weight, um, couldn't get my... Then I lost 48 pounds, and I started doing fitness competitions, but I still couldn't get my stomach flat after I had kids. And so it led me down this um, journey because my doctors didn't know anything about it. Um, I would ask him like, what's wrong with my stomach? And everyone's like, you need plastic surgery. And so I started researching and found out that I had abdominal separation or diastasis recti mm-hmm. which more than 80 percent of women get during pregnancy and at the time my youngest is seven now nobody talked about it nobody knew anything about it so it led me into this journey um I started doing fitness competitions I got on Instagram started posting my transformation and it opened up this whole new world with me with fitness and helping women um showing them how I healed my body and helping them heal theirs, and showing them the way, and it was started to become really rewarding, and I loved it. It became one of my new passions, in addition to dentistry, cosmetic dentistry. That's kind of how that all started. Okay. And I studied under I studied under two physical therapists. You know, I'm science background, so I researched, and it just it's funny how your challenges can become your passions in life. Mm-hmm. You know, you start with a challenge, you figure out how to overcome it. And then it becomes a passion to help others overcome it, too. Yeah. And that's how it started.
0: Okay. So now I'm kind of curious, like, what got you into dentistry in the first place?
1: Dentistry. You know, I'm not one of those people that knew what I wanted to do sure. my whole life. I kind of graduated from high school, was, was fumbling around thinking, I have no idea what I want to do. Some of my friends had wanted to be doctors their whole life. That was not me. I had no idea. So my a family friend got me a job as a dental assistant. And then my sister was going, my older sister was going to dental hygiene school. And I thought, uh, I think I'll do that. That sounds okay. So I went to dental hygiene school, loved it, and went back to become a dentist. Okay. And now here I am. And it's actually my dream career. So I got lucky, I think.
0: <laughs> nice. There you go. So, like, on your day-to-day, like, are you still seeing patients on, like, how many hours, like, I don't know how I'm going to structure this question, but, like, on an average week, yeah. like how many patients do you see compared to, like, what you're doing with your fitness side of their business?
1: Uh, yeah, I, you know, I get this question a lot yeah. from a lot of women because they're, like, how do you handle, like, all that you do? And um, so my husband and I are both dentists. Um, we own two practices. So I opened my own second practice, and it's a newer practice. So I work in that practice two to three days a week right now because it's still building. And then the other days, I am focused on my fitness. But I must tell you, as you know, my Instagram and fitness business is like seven days a week, 24 hours yeah. a day. I feel like it's a lot. It's a full-time gig on top of my other full-time gigs of being a mom and being a tennis.
0: But yeah but I like it, I like being busy, yeah yeah, like so, social media is like a whole other like job essentially because it's like the amount of effort you have to like take photos, videos, edit those, like uh, create like the copy into it and then post it, and then yeah it, it's it's a lot
1: yeah. <laughs> isn't it a lot and' yeah. don't, don't you feel like, I feel like I'll create content and I'm like, wow, I'm way ahead and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no more content. I used it all. <laughs> and then questions, you probably get, I get so many messages yeah. and um, I try to answer everyone and um, it can be overwhelming Yeah. because, and then people will get mad at you if you don't answer right away and um, <laughs> so I've lived it all. Yeah. But I try to, I, I do set time blocks For myself where i don't answer questions because it used to be all consuming so i have to have some time to myself you know at
0: the end of the day no definitely so like you're at like over 100k followers which is like crazy it's like good job first of all but did you ever like yeah did you ever have like a moment where it just started kind of like the domino effect happened where you just like had more people and more people and more people or was it kind of like a steady build
1: yeah, no, it, it's it's ebb and flow. It'll be kind of slow, and then all of a sudden, I just like, boom, followers, followers, yeah, and then it slows, and um, and I find it kind of comes and goes. And I'm I'm really big on organic followers. Like mm-hmm. I want it to grow for people who believe in what I do, and and um, kind of watch it go. And it's funny because all, you know, like. I'm so happy to have the followers because that means other are people's lives I'm touching. Mm-hmm. But for me, I tell my husband all the time, like, I don't care about the followers. It's not about me being recognized. And this sounds so corny, but it is about spreading my me- message of helping other women. I know that sounds like cliche, but mm-hmm. it's so true. And I'll have women that will say, oh, I saw you. They'll message me later and say, I saw you in the grocery store, but I was too shy to come say hi. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of in shock because I'm like, why? I'm just like a normal person. I don't understand what's going on, you know, but but I, I'm i very grateful for it. And it's been fun um, to see it grow and, you know, yeah. to touch people's lives and do things. So.
0: Um, so let's kind of get into the bulk of everything I kind of want to get into is like out in your area like just general knowledge about pelvic floor or anything like postnatal like how popular is it out your way
1: yeah Um, so and where are you at are you in California or Canada Uh, no
0: I'm in Vancouver Canada
1: oh awesome Yeah. you know I think that what I have seen, um, I've been on my platform for, my main platform is Diastase Strike Dice. So, yeah. I've been working on this, spreading it for about three years. And I want to say that I've seen on Instagram, it's like exploded in mm-hmm. the last year with people talking about it, which makes me so happy. Now, out in the medical world, it's still not very talked about very much. Yeah. You know, I, I have physical therapists that follow me to find out tips for it, which I'm like, holy hell, but it's because they're not always taught about it in school, Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's still lacking in the general population, but on social media, it is lit, people are, moms are talking about it, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get a lot of these fitness magazines to recognize it, I met with some editors, and they're like, well, I don't know if that really reaches my whole population, but I think they're really missing the boat, because men get this. Oh, yeah a majority of moms get this. This is huge. Yeah. this this affects so many people. and we can do a lot. I know you talk about diastasis on your yeah. platform. it's It's so important we talk about it, Don't you think? <laughs>
0: yeah, like, um out my way, we have a kind of like world renowned physiotherapist named Diane Lee, and she kind of built this yes. kind of, yeah, like roadway for a lot of women. And now she does. I don't think she treats anymore. I think now she just speaks around the world on the topic. But her pelvic floor physios that work under her have, like, a four-week waiting list. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, the moment moment that women find out about this clinic and, like, 90% of all my clients are all moms. And I always refer to Diane Lee and Associates because, like, they're really, really good at what they do. And the coolest thing I've because I've been there a couple of times to kind of see what the process is and the fact that they have an ultrasound machine and hook up uh, your like abdominal region to it. And they ask you to like turn on your core and you can see it in real time how it actually works. Yeah. And most women don't know how to activate their core postnatally depending on what their no. labor was. Right. And like if you think yeah. on like the exercise portion, if your labor was very long and hard the last thing you want to do is like overly brace yourself by doing like crunches and other crap out there but uh i i always yeah. say i think it's super important and like we need to spread the message for sure
1: we do and Dian- yeah diana lee i've read i i'm all over her stuff she's yeah. amazing and but you bring up a good point is that for a lot of moms too they have a hard time connecting mentally with their muscles of their abs, mm-hmm. following a traumatic birth experience, or even a birth in general, or even touching that area, yeah. like massaging it, connecting with it again, you know, their lower abs. So, yeah, it's, I think we're missing in the healthcare world, this is huge part we're missing, women should be trained in this during pregnancy by their OBs, you know, like mm-hmm. this should be talked about. And I think sometimes people think, um, I will promote, oh, get a flat stomach, um, you know, heal your DR, but it's not about the aesthetics. I mean, the aesthetics of it are great, but it's about function. Yeah. And as we get older, if we don't heal that part of our bodies, we have back issues, lower back pain. It's really about function, you know, long term health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: So for yourself, like, when you had your kids and you noticed, like, your first, like, ab separation, like, where did you go to kind of get the information? Did you find, like, a pelvic floor physio, or did you just start kind of researching yourself?
1: Yeah, I started researching myself. I had a a trainer who was training me for um, fitness competitions. She knew nothing about it. My OB knew nothing about it. Nobody gave me any answers. You know, nobody told me anything. And I had a three to four finger separation. Wow. Like that's pretty, that's pretty big. Um, I just noticed that I still looked pregnant and I was very thin. I stepped on stage for bodybuilding and I'm like, I still look pregnant. What is going on? I had very low body fat, which I hated every time I was on stage. I felt anorexic, but, um, and I still looked pregnant. So that led me into down a road. And we don't have a lot of um, PTs here that specialize in it. So mm-hmm. I went online and found the tummy team out of Seattle okay. and worked with them and then trained underneath them. This is kind of how it started. Healed my own DR, which took about a year because I didn't have the tools I needed. Yeah. So, And I created my program as a 10-week program for moms and there's different phases, because not everyone can afford to go see a physical therapist. Yeah. I, have, I have clients, I have one client in India who had a 10-finger separation. Jeez. Who Jeez. used my program and got it closed down to a one except for a three-finger around her belly button, which wow. is insane. Yeah. Insane. Jeez. And she doesn't, she doesn't have access to health care to help yeah. her there to heal herself
0: yeah and like that's the cool thing about like social media because like for my podcast like i have stats of where people listen to my podcast and like i always thought it was going to be like a local thing but i like people all over the world listen to my podcast and like for a while there there was a city in uh africa and i couldn't even remember how to like pronounce the country in africa that was listening to my show and there for like for two weeks straight they were like my most listened city i'm like I never knew anyone cared about fitness in Africa. I'm like, that's crazy. (laughs) But uh, it's kind of cool to reach that many people from different ends of the world like that.
1: Isn't that amazing? I know. To look at your stats and be like, wow, this person over here, it's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. But you're making a big impact in the world. And thank goodness for podcasts and social media. So you can get your mission out there. So it is awesome. But... Um, yeah. So that's my real passion is the diastasis recti. Yeah. I love talking about it. But
0: so in your program, I'm kind of curious, like, is there like a yeah. some sort of like assessment to kind of start off, and then kind of like a reassessment at the end of it? There is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there is, and and it's a self done program with the ladies, and I always, you know, say go see a physical therapist if needed um especially if with prolapse issues yeah. and things like that but they start out um and i have videos and written instructions and they monitor themselves along the way and there's five phases in my program that build on each other and um, the basis of it is based on breathing technique, mm-hmm. changing body mechanics um activating that inner transverse And then we build on it as they go. And and it's been cool to see people. I've had some people go from a four-finger gap to a a one-and-a-half in two weeks. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah. But, you know, but they can close it, but you still have to continue to strengthen it, Mm -hmm. as you know, with your client. So um, have you seen them? Now, here's the one thing is that a lot of plastic surgeons will say it's only healed. You can only close it through surgery. I have seen the opposite.
0: Have you seen the opposite? You've seen the opposite. Yeah, like, I I always tell people, like, go least invasive first, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, then, yeah, maybe surgery's the path that you're supposed to go to, but almost, like, every question I get from any client or someone online, I'm like, well, it depends, and then I kind of get into, like, an answer, but everyone's such an individual, so you never know. Like, there might be more stuff that you're going to uncover in an assessment that you didn't know you even have
1: exactly and it depends i always tell people you won't know until you try yeah and even if they do need surgery in surgery all they're doing is stitching the muscles together they're not they are not strengthening any muscles yeah so i'm a big proponent of You need to strengthen your inner core before surgery. It'll help your recovery. Because even though you're stitched back together, you still need to strengthen those muscles. Because surgery doesn't do it. Yeah. That's a big
0: thing. Yeah, like one of the...
1: uh, Sorry, you go uh, ahead. (laughs) I think a lot of women feel guilty about getting plastic surgery. There's a stigma. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to feel guilty about that. I think... Whatever they need to do to help them feel better is okay, but I think there's a stigma about that, and I've seen it in the women that I work with, is they feel like a failure if they need plastic surgery or they feel self-conscious of it, and I don't think they should. You know?
0: Yeah, like I, I trained this one woman where she had five children and then she went down the uh, route of surgery and I asked her, like, oh, what kind of got you to that decision? And she's like, honestly, I want to feel as much as possible like I was before kids and kind of just put stuff back to where it was. And I'm like, OK, I get that. Like, that's OK. Yeah. I, that, that's a good answer, because I feel like sometimes it, some women feel the pressure just to get plastic surgery because everyone else is or they feel like yeah. their self-worth is not good enough and I'm like, "No, like you're you're going down the wrong path on that end."
1: Yeah, you are totally right. I think um, you know, I mean everybody has different reasons for doing it, but definitely shouldn't be to, you know, improve your self-worth, but you know, having been through pregnancies and seeing my body change, I know it's so discouraging. Yeah. It's so discouraging to you know, a lot of people, a lot of women have extra skin and stretch marks, and it's so discouraging. Other women are very, they're accepting of it, but for some women, they just, it's discouraging, and I get both ways, you know, and I often, I'll get women ask me um, if I have had a tummy tuck, and I have not, you know, I, I am very honest about that, but they see my pictures and my transformation and I've had women get very mad and say I'm lying that I have had a tummy tuck. Yeah. And, and I understand why they feel that way because Instagram is full of people who've had butt implants and they sell workout, butt but yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, but, um, and I always tell them to like, I have extra skin. I just don't take photos where I'm bending over and showing my extra skin because I don't like showing it. (laughs) It makes me feel upset. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot for us women that we go through and um, the biggest thing is just trying to support each other in whatever decisions we make with our bodies, you know?
0: Yeah, because like yeah. that's that's the hard thing with social media too. Is like people are posting photos and videos of like best angles, best lighting, and best every kind of situation. You'll never see like someone post a photo of like you're hungover <laughs> and like a bad hair day and you look like shit. Like no one's gonna post that. <laughs> I
1: I know, and like even me, like I'll see other. It's it's body image stuff is yeah. hard with social media, I even will compare myself to other people and be like, okay, stop, you can't compare, Yeah. and I um, sometimes will be very vulnerable and post my weaknesses, but I have a hard time posting my flaws, too, like, it's mm-hmm. hard for me, there's some accounts that they always post their flaws yeah. to help other women feel better, and I love it, but I have a hard time, like, posting some of those flaws. I don't know, it's just me, but I
0: have flaws. I have lots of flaws. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, to, on the topic of, like, body image, like, if you have to give advice yeah. to other women, like, do, do you think body image is something that women can overcome, or is it something that you can just kind of quiet down from day to day? Because I've had a lot of women on the, the show and kind of bring up that topic, and they all kind of say the same thing, but a little bit differently, so I'm kind of curious about your kind of take on the whole body image topic.
1: Yeah, I think as women, we will, always, we will ebb and flow with our feelings about our bodies and accepting them and not accepting them. That's what happens to me. Um, and when I first started my journey of losing 48 pounds, it was all aesthetically driven. I wanted to look a certain way. But as I lost my weight, what I found is mentally, I got stronger. And then things kind of changed internally. And then I started focusing on caring more about being my strongest self that I can be and focusing on everybody's different and unique and focusing on my strengths and just being strong and mm-hmm. being, I want to do so many pull-ups. I want to do this and that. But I think body image will always be hard for us as women. And yeah. we just have to, like, remind ourselves of who we are and how special we are and unique we are as individuals
0: and remember that but it's tough it's tough yeah yeah like uh, one of the things that i do for my female clients is like i never measure or weigh them like ever
1: Yay. <laughs> and, Yay. Yay. Good
0: job. Yeah. and <laughs> what i try to tell them is like i want you to have performance goals so like kind of what you said like i would yeah. love for all my female clients to do their first chin up you know deadlift their body weight and just get really strong because when you think about it like in order for a woman to do chin-ups and deadlift really heavy they almost have to look a certain way and it's usually the aesthetic goal that most women are reaching so you like indirectly get them to that position
1: bingo yeah exactly yeah exactly i love that i and I get questions a lot. How much do you weigh? You know what? I have no idea. I haven't <laughs> weighed myself in a long time, yeah, and I because it can become obsessive, you yeah. know, but, but I also I'm saying this, and I'm at a certain point. I've been on my fitness journey for seven years now, mm-hmm. so it's different for me, you know, so um, but I'm with you. I love that you do that with your clients,
0: yeah, you know, yeah. I don't like it's it, it's tough also training women that have been used to that like weighing themselves multiple times a day and like every single day and I always try to like yeah. educate women that you know like your weight can fluctuate a lot especially depending on where you are in your cycle like it can fluctuate anywhere from like three to seven pounds so it like really depends on what day you're weighing yourself if you're going to be happy or sad
1: I know yeah I know, yeah. Our oh man, and it's just, and it can be a brutal cycle. Yeah, you know, of seeing the scale go up and down, up and down. I kind of like the 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 thing of how my clothes fit. Yeah, that's way better to yeah. me. And also, when you lose fat and you put on muscle, mm-hmm. the scale, you know, it's not going to move down like you want. Yeah. So, so how do you deal with Because um, I get women that are afraid to eat healthy fat
0: yeah (laughs)
1: you know they're they're afraid to eat certain things but healthy fats are so important for our hormones Mm -hmm. as women you know there's i don't know there's different things (laughs)
0: so i don't
1: like yeah
0: it's tough to kind of you know convince someone that's kind of already set in their ways but there's a reason why they haven't been successful and i kind of like kind of go back to that i'm like there's a reason why you hired me or why you're here now. Like, you have to try something that you haven't tried before. And it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You're still in the same place. And then you can scratch off that, all right, eating fats didn't work for you. Let's move on to something else, right? It's a lot of trial and error. But I feel like nowadays, a lot of people don't have, like, the patience to actually, like, stick to something for six months straight and actually go through with it compared to, like, I'm gonna do a six-week cleanse, and hopefully that fixes like 20 years of bad eating.
1: I <laughs> uh, yes, it's that. Oh, I, this is what I'm big on is nothing extreme. Everybody wants that quick fix, and yeah. they bounce from one diet idea to the another. It was paleo, then keto, and blah blah blah. But if they base it like you're saying on the science of on science-based eating and nutrition principles, mm-hmm. they're gonna. They'll be able to eat that way for life without bouncing from diet to diet. That's what I, you know, that's my big thing is I want to teach them how to eat for life. Yeah. Not some quick fix because if you learn how to eat for life, you're going to be okay. Oh, yeah. You're going to be set. For sure. But I'm with you. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And having been in a position where I was overweight, I wanted quick results. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard to be patient but it's worth
0: it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of, like, new moms especially, like, after they have their first kid, like, the first thing that they're thinking of is, like, how am I going to lose all this weight as quick as possible? And then you start seeing a lot of those, like, mommy boot camps where, like, it's just crunches and burpees over and over again, and, like, maybe that's not the best uh, thing. Because it's, like, no, you know, you, you push the human out of you. You might want to, like, just, like, let your body heal first before you kind of jump into something like that. So have you ever had, like, yeah. any kind of, like, conversations with your followers or clients where you're kind of educating them, like, you know, slow and steady kind of wins the race, and eventually you can go back to where you were?
1: Yes, and I love the analogy that, you know, it took you nine months to grow that baby. It's going to mm-hmm. take time to get it back. And the sad reality is the most of us, including myself, didn't bounce back, like, that one girl did in six weeks because there's yeah. always those one people that yeah. don't look, you know, they bounce back. But, you know, and I was going to tell you too is um, with my program, um, they can start that program, the phase one, right after birth. because nice. It's gentle breathing exercises yeah. that I learned under a physical therapist. So some people, they just hate not working out, but that gives them a little head start, you know, after birth. But we've, you're right. We've got to take better care of our bodies and let ourselves heal, and not beat our bodies up so much with extreme diets, extremely rushing into things after um, delivery. Um, but it's hard because you're discouraged after you have yeah. a baby. Yeah, for sure. You feel you're sleep deprived. You're tired. You're you know you want to feel normal again. Um, it's hard being a woman. I'm telling you, and a mom who goes through so much.
0: <laughs> Jeez. We
1: can go through a lot. Yeah. Definitely. But, you know, women, I and I love, I hope to foster, like, I love that you work with women a lot. And it sounds like you help them through all these issues that we go through. We're mm-hmm. very emotional creatures as women, and society puts a lot of pressure on us. Yeah. Like, a certain way so if we can all come together as a community and as women and support
0: each other through these changes it's it's going to be awesome yeah here's a good question is like i've been tagged on facebook a bunch on this topic where because i have a lot of experience training moms and i've been tagged in different conversations on facebook asking about how should a male coach speak to their female clients about pelvic floor and pregnancy and all that stuff and in my head, I'm like, how how is this a question? Like, if you're a professional, it's kind of really easy. But I guess for most men, it's really difficult to kind of bring up the topic. And, like, yeah. my, my advice was, like, I'm huge on continuing education. So anytime I yeah. read a new book or go to a seminar, I always tell my clients about it. And you kind of almost, like, yeah. drop the seed and hint that, hey, I'm actually learning about your pelvic floor. Like, this is the cool stuff that I've learned. And now they're a little bit more open to sharing because I think most women are kind of, like, embarrassed to tell a male, like, hey, I have incontinence and stuff like that when I sneeze, right? But, yeah, um, yeah I'm kind of curious about, like, how, what kind of advice would you How's give, different? like, for male coaches or males in general? For males? Well,
1: here's what I'm going to say to the men coaches that – do that and bring that component to their female clients like that is freaking amazing so uh any male whoever's doing that i love that do that for your women because you're giving them such a gift Mm -hmm. and i think um you could just i would say as a male trainer whatever um mention it and feel out your client as a woman does she seem embarrassed is she open about it if she's embarrassed i would say hey go see a physical um therapist who specializes in pelvic floor let's get you right you know like just send her to someone else but if they want to be open and talk about it just dive in but i i think as fitness professionals it needs to be talked about and men have pelvic floor stuff too yeah 100 (laughs) percent. you know men yeah and men get, oh my gosh, I was at yoga the other day, and this older man was in there, and he had the worst DR, the Jeez. worst, he was doing this move, and his, he had this huge ridge down yeah. his abdomen, my husband was with me, and my husband was like, oh, look, DR, and I was like, oh, I almost asked him to let me take a picture of it, but I was like, I don't want to be rude, because it was hot yoga, and like, no one had clothes on, because it was in there, but like, men get this. This is a real thing. So, yeah, men, so male trainers, just talk about it. And if they're embarrassed, if the women are embarrassed, refer them to someone else. Yeah. But, you, yeah, it's important. And don't you feel, I feel like um, in the personal trainer world, this needs to be a bigger deal.
0: Oh, yeah. Pelvic
1: floor and DR, because most trainers are not trained in it, and we need to create a movement. Yeah. Like, this this needs to be standard, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, oh. I, I find a lot of times when women don't focus on kind of building that foundation after pregnancy and they're already, like, you know, a year or two years out of their pregnancy and now they're in the gym trying to push themselves and something simple as, like, trying to deadlift really heavy, they hit a plateau yeah. and they can't create that spinal yeah. stability because they don't have a foundation and now they have yeah. low back pain, SI joint instability and then they're like, hey, yeah. what the hell? And now you're teaching them how to breathe with their diaphragm and utilizing their pelvic floor. And it's like, you got to build a foundation to be able to like, do the cool stuff that you want in the gym.
1: Yeah, and you know, here's the thing that I see is that, because I did it, when we're young, we can power through those yeah. movements and think we're okay. Like, Or even there's so, so many women that run. Oh, my gosh, yeah. your pelvis floor and core is weak. You are doing some major damage to yourself. But a lot of us, when we have kids young, we just keep powering through. But mm-hmm. as you get older is when you're going to see the damage you have done. Yeah. You know? So so we need to create a movement. We need to get physical, you know, personal trainers I think across the board should have a really strong foundation in all this.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because, like, there's so many people that are creating this movement, but still so many people are not exposed to it. So, like, I don't know if you follow Girls Gone Strong or not, but... um, Uh -uh. No? No. Oh, you should definitely check out Girls Gone Strong. Like, they are my go-to resource for, like, anything women's health-related. And they actually created a uh, pre and postnatal certification for trainers, and they've had um, uh-huh. I think over 20 different professionals in that field contribute to the project. So even Diane yeah. Lee's uh, physical therapists are actually contributed to that certification. But like they have a huge following on social media, and when I posted my pelvic floor stuff on Instagram, there's so many questions I got, and I'm like, and none of these people have heard of like. Girls gone strong like it kind of blows my mind and like you have a big following and there's probably other people that also talk about it and still there's so many people that haven't been exposed to it yet and i'm like we need to keep pushing this thing further and further
1: yes and you know it's um when i first started on instagram i was like one of the first talking about it Mm -hmm. so it's been really fun to see it spreading um and I've been on, like, Fox and CBS News recently talking nice. about it. And and so it, it's exciting. But like you said, there's still so many people that don't know about it. Yeah. And even obgyns um, health care providers. So, But I think we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I'm really excited. We are going in the right direction. And I really think that all of this should – women should be educated about all of this before they have a baby. Yeah before they get pregnant or in the early stages of pregnancy so but i think you me and everyone else who's talking about it were are part of that journey to getting people there yeah so for sure good um, i don't want people to suffer through what i went through now in diastasis recti you can't prevent it completely but if you can have a stronger core before pregnancy you're mm-hmm. going to bounce back faster
0: oh for sure Um, so maybe for the last question because we're coming up to our time here um, if people wanted to find out more about you and what you do where can they find you online and anything else you want to plug on my show you can right now
1: okay so um, you guys can check me out on my instagram at dr kellysitmama4 I also have another instagram but that's my main one just find me there um, my website and my company is Abs After Babies, so it's AbsAfterBabies.com, and um, I'm gonna give a little special to your viewers nice. if they want are interested in my program. Um, if they enter the code um, Arizona at checkout, they'll get 40% off my awesome. 10-week program. So it's Arizona all caps, um, and I appreciate you. Having me on this is so fun to get on here and talk about this
0: today so of course awesome so thank you so much for your time this was amazing
1: all right thank you so much
0: all right so that's gonna wrap up episode 275 with dr kelly hopefully you enjoyed it as much as i did if you have any questions feel free to reach out or check out what kelly has on her end on social and her website and again the Cut the Shit, Get Fit hoodies are available. Go check out the link in the show notes to grab yours because I'm going to close down the doors for that very soon. And we're almost in November, meaning it's almost time for the sale on my ebook, The Ironclad Body Training System. So I'll be posting that a lot in the month of November leading up to Black Friday. And... Share this podcast with your friends and family. Hit me up with a five-star review, and let's grow this thing as much as possible. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your support. You guys are just, ugh, words can't describe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, you guys.